Welcome to Mommy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids, oh, 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 are definitely creepy. Hello, Josh. Hello. You scared, ain't you? You should be. Christmas Eve. It's the scariest damn night of the year. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's almost Christmas. A Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much. Are you scared? Uh, I am. I should be. Are you? I'm I'm not scared um, because I finally got some Christmas shopping done. Oh, it feels good. And I will be finished with work tomorrow, which is um, like a full week before Christmas. Showing off. Yes, uh, it's true I am. Um, However, Boo's birthday is this week. Oh, don't I know it. So, (laughs) uh, December babies. Just like with Christmas, even that false sense of security and smugness you're feeling right now feeling like you because you got some christmas shopping done it only feels good until you remember how much else you have to do i know and you know some people don't get their family presents that's cool (laughs) i was just like kind of you know stressing at work the other day about getting people presents and i was because like a week ago i hadn't done anything like not one i hadn't even thought about it not devoted one second of thought to it except for of course making the children's christmas list on amazon which i started five five months ago (laughs) (laughs) and have been meticulously editing and (laughs) making sure that it's not crap that we don't want or you know relevant relevant to woo's interests now you know yeah like today yeah because it changes oh it does it does that being said, um, I had not done any shopping and I was complaining to a friend at work about uh, all the Christmas shopping I had to do. And she was like, I, our family stopped doing that. Our family just stopped getting each other presents. And that is bizarre to me. Who I know it is bizarre, but sometimes I'm like, could we all just. Oh, wait, the whole family stuff. The whole family, not, not the like close family. She doesn't have kids or anything. So, like, parents not getting the kids anything kids not getting the parents anything that's what you're saying like her parents are probably in their 80s and then she has brothers and sisters yeah so everybody's just like we're out on christmas gifts yeah we're just not gonna do gifts like we'll celebrate we're just not gonna do gifts i'm i think that's totally great yeah i think it i think it'll be fine because what ends up happening is you know people ask us what we want and then we're like you know gift cards to make it easy or you give them a list, but that seems weird because we're adults. And then like we have jobs. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't really need yeah. anything, which is a great place to be. But I, I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, I'd rather, I'd rather have the cash to <laughs> you want. Cause all these things in this sort of 25 to even a hundred dollar range 
they're not really, they're not life-changing items that you're receiving. What you do want is something that's maybe multiples of that. And it's hard to get people, I think, up to the idea of like, why don't we all pool to get a person a thing that they genuinely want that they won't buy themselves. Right. Because then everybody's hooked on this idea of opening multiple presents or something like. Right. Yeah. And then people ask you what you want for Christmas to save themselves the time and, you know, the potential failing of getting you something you don't like or something they they have to think about right so it just defeats the purpose yeah completely i don't know i'm not saying look i love shopping for christmas presents for people it is really fun when you've nailed it that's the best it does does feel amazing i like getting gifts for people yeah you know i'm just the good of the whole that's all i want is just if everybody's done with this and just frustrated, like, let's just do something fun. Let's all go out to dinner or something when we're all together. Yeah. And I'm pretty into the experiential gift these days. Even in my gift giving, I think it's more fun. But I also find it's super fun to get the kids and our nephews and everything else to get them stuff. Like It, it is. All, you know what else is really fun? Getting rid of a ton of stuff, which we also did yeah that's gonna be a post thanksgiving tradition i think is the toy purge just you know we were trying to do a yard sale that's never gonna happen um turns (laughs) out no and so we're just gonna we just gave it away you know we're not waiting to pass on these toys or books to people we just gave it away yeah it's fine and the best thing was involving woo He's old enough to make those decisions for himself. And that was really awesome. We didn't know how that was going to go. That was kind of a complete roll of the dice. We could have just as easily done as we have done in smaller quantities before. Just slowly disappeared a toy or two. But but then he asks about it. And then I feel so bad. Right. And it's so much better to have just said, we're giving these toys away. These are for, for children that can't that don't have as many toys as you. And... We're going and so you're going to get new toys at Christmas. What don't you play with anymore that you could give away? I and couldn't she, believe how well it went. Like immediately took to the idea and immediately just started pulling stuff out, like very emotionless about it, where I do think if we had been any other way about it, yeah. even ways we've been already as parents, he would not have responded the same way. And yes. it would have been really nasty. I know. It's crazy. It's just another, you know. It's another mark for just being honest with your kids. I could, I know that it does, it might not go that well with other kids, but oh, the wrong day it would have gone wrong with Wu too, yeah. but it just happened to be like hitting all at the right moment and I'll take it. You yeah. Know? And you were so great. I want to, I want to say that. Well, thank you. I think I was probably feeding off his energy. He was just like, so chill about it. And then I was like, let's get rid of all this stuff. Yeah. These aren't babies I, anymore. They don't need track toys and like, or whatever those little things are, the wooden beads on the metal wires and like the all that uh, stuff all those chew toys the the jigsaw the jigsaw puzzles the i mean like the wooden puzzles with like the pieces cut out from the movie saw the puzzles of jigsaw our kids have too many of them (laughs) all the pieces are mixed together they're all cursed you just dump them on somebody else i have just tried to do toy purges myself and in the sneaky fashion that we mentioned, mm-hmm. and I 
I was emotionally invested in those toys and I wasn't being as brutal. You guys did such a great job. It was like a mountain of toys and books that we donated. It was so good. Feeling good. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. And what I was really amazed to see is, I don't know, I thought I'd always heard that it was difficult to donate kids stuff, but it was not. Just dropped them at Goodwill. It was not complicated and kept all the pieces together. I thought that was also important too. I was pretty amazed with how well we'd kept this is just like a big uh <laughs> jerk off session right now i'm really proud of how like good i am at like <laughs> keeping tiny accessories together because i lost all of mine as a child certainly related you've grown i've gotten larger <laughs> <laughs> another podcast um <laughs> yeah that was really great and after listening to that recent fresh air with dave davies not the guy from the kinks um not the composer of village of the damn 1990 <laughs> <laughs> it was actually one with terry gross but she she talks about like where things go after you donate them and i was happy to hear that it there really is like there are many lives after goodwill like you think that it's either like the dumpster or the store but there's this whole there's a whole strata of where the things that you donate can go to they can either be like marked up for a higher price at a different place or they are you know there's like there's all kinds of different places that goodwill sends things oh that's good to know that goodwill is sending them on to even the places that will mark them up for more money yeah i was a picture that was like people just like pilfering a goodwill or salvation army being like, oh, this thing's worth $600. What is it doing here for 25 you know? And that they might, I mean, that's an extreme example, but they might just say like, oh, okay, clean, gently used kids' toys. These can go to a boutique that will pay us five bucks a pop for these or something where we can only sell them for two. That's yeah. a, yeah, that's, that is a comforting thing to know because there's, we're at this point trained to think that it's be cynical about it. They think that it's all basically ending up in a dumpster somewhere. Yeah. Like even if you donate baby clothes that are stained and ripped, they go to like rag sellers and they sell that material. So it's like, there's very little waste. I mean, I haven't read the book. I just read the, I didn't listen to the interview, but anyway, donate those old toys before Christmas. I feel like it's a good habit. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a good habit to get into. I, yeah, I think so. Probably the sooner the better. Maybe it's even a thing to do at Halloween while candy is the focus. Burp. Shovel that stuff somewhere else. We're here for Christmas time. <laughs> and our beloved movie. Oh, an all-time something. Second only to It's a Wonderful Life, I, I imagine, and holiday classics. That's right. A Christmas Story, It's a Wonderful Life, Silent Night, Deadly Night, 1984. I hope that, I truly, truly hope that no one has seen this movie. I I tried to warn people a little bit on our Instagram to not actually go watch it in preparation for this. Well, D that which was great of you to do. Don't do it. It's a terrible movie. There's... Not a lot of redeeming no, things about it. <laughs> there are several sexual assaults uh, and gratuitous. And oh, every fifteen minutes, there's boobs. Yeah, I, I mean, 
I'm not here to, I'm not here to be your Puritan podcast host. Boobs are great. I'm just. Boobs are great, but those boobs were weird. Can we agree on that? It was just that what was weird about it is that it was like the same, it was the same routine every single time. And like the same, like clearly this director, oh boy, this director definitely had like boob auditions. Can I tell you about this director? Yeah, go for it. I mean, now we're going to do a little unorthodox thing here before our recap. So the director of this movie (laughs) went on to direct a ton of religious TV movies. What? And mysteries of the ancient world type things. Let me me, um, read you a couple titles. I mean... I want to say there's like 40 things. Oh, wait, sorry. He was the producer. He only directed this and a couple other things, but he produced 69. Hey, 69. (laughs) Like my wife. (laughs) Um, Okay. The case for Christ's resurrection. I don't feel like many Christians are going to dispute (laughs) that case. (laughs) Evidence for heaven. Nobody needs evidence. That's the whole point. Um, breaking the Da Vinci Code, two thousand five. Hey, you know, cash in style of the times. Yeah, uh, twelve ordinary men. I get it. Do you think it was just him ripping a copy of the book in half? <laughs> um, no. The <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> it just stuff like that, you know, UFO diaries and snowballing. That's a movie he directed. Hell yeah. <laughs> Now we're talking. That's the softcore porn future I saw for him. Yeah. It, it is, really? I, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, so it was weird. Let's tell these people what this terrible movie is about. Oh, let's. And we're going to do so with the help of an old friend. <laughs> Carol thought she recognized this name. Ed Sutton brought us the plot summary of The Brood. Oh, all the way back in episode one. Two. Two. <laughs> All the way back in episode two. Wow. And I believe the another one of the synopsises uh, is by Blythe367 or whatever. Oh, and she yeah. was somebody. Yeah, she was. We got to keep track of these people. <laughs> these are our people. We can email Blythe. We have <laughs> Blythe's email address. Oh, and of yeah. course, Ed Sutton, our how do what's the easiest way to spot Ed Sutton? Mindspring. Mindspring. Of course. He, he's copying over his name and email and address right from his own inbox. Like he's double clicking on that email address <laughs> to get the uh open carrot, closed carrot, and his own first name as displayed in Mindspring. <sighs> Silent Night, Deadly Night, 1984. A young boy watches his parents killed by a thief in a Santa suit. He spends his youth in an orphanage, staying quietly to himself. But his mind is further bent by an iron-handed mother superior. He finally gets a job at a local store, where he finally snaps when he is required to wear a Santa suit, and goes on a killing spree that leads him slowly back to the orphanage. Ed Sutton. E. Sutton at Mindspring.com. It hit on most of the major plot points, at least. 
That's I don't true. know where in Ed Sutton's 400 plus IMDb review history this is. Okay, his career is just illustrious, incredibly so. But this is what we have, and Ed Sutton, you've done it again. Is a man of letters. <laughs> you've arranged letters into words and sentences. IMDb's um, chief Sum- Sumerian emeritus, Ed Sutton. <laughs> I feel like we're going to meet him one day. Ed, this is an official invitation to come on the podcast. We'll give you our home address and you can come over any time of day or night and we'll have you on. I can't wait to read his uh, synopsis of Paris, Texas, because I saw he did that (laughs) as well. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, this movie is about a severely traumatized boy who gets no help from any adults in his life to deal with that trauma and then repeats the cycle of violence. It's a depressing tale in more ways than that, but we're here to talk about the parenting, aren't we? We are. <laughs> I This movie's jacked up, though, and I'm going to start by just saying that. like The way you said it, that is accurate. But the way the movie plays out, it should be the opposite thing. The fact that he is like spurred on by the sight of another Santa to start killing doesn't make any sense. Well, I haven't seen the newest version of the Joker yet, but I did say this is pretty much the same movie. Is that true? <laughs> Because you've seen it and I haven't. I've seen it. Um, It's not the same movie. (laughs) I have no intention of seeing it. The Joker is not spurred to violence by the sight of another Joker committing Joker attacks. (laughs) But he is a clown. That's accurate. And he is traumatized. Uh, Yeah. And receives no empathy. Yes. And then kills people. Or this all tracks. Okay, I, I rest my case. <laughs> Re-enroll in film school. Write this paper this semester before it dies on the vine. We really should be telling more film students to listen to our podcast because I feel like I have said many a paper idea on this podcast. Ed Sutton at myu.edu. <laughs> e. Sutton... At emerson.edu. We're calling you out. Ed Sutton (laughs) at (laughs) usc.edu. Ed Sutton at (laughs) ithaca.edu. Did you say NYU? Oh, first out of the gate. uh, You did? No, I wasn't listening. Um, I know. (laughs) What other film schools are, are, are there? I don't know. Listeners, tell us what other film schools there are. You can email us at mummyxdeadypod. You can call in and tell us a list of your favorite film schools. 818-839-1991. That's 818-839-1991. Leave us 1,991 film schools. I'm about to pay off my student loans next month. That's very exciting. Yeah. I was just thinking about the other day how I have not paid a student loan in a year. Wow. 
And then was also thinking how I almost made it to having been paying for college longer than I wasn't in college. Oh, you know, God. like from before I started college uh, until, you know what I'm saying? That's a long time. You weren't paying for 17 years. Not 14, though. Jesus. Ugh. Yeah, college, it's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, so check out some of those film schools. Link up with your very own Ed Sutton. Write some summaries. Hit us up. The first thing that we need to talk about in this film is a topic that we have addressed before, but this, as with many things in this movie, goes above and beyond or below and beyond. Um, the car seat. Like a sewer system. Yeah. <laughs> the car seat situation um, from Pet Cemetery. Do you recall? I'll never forget it. Episode one. That car seat was a responsible and humane choice compared to what was happening in this movie. It was what was technologically available at the time. And that may be the case with this as well. It was Christmas Eve, 1971. It's hard for me to believe that people were so stupid. There and how many a... people died? Like how many people had to die before Ralph Nader stepped in? And that's not who it is. That's it. Yeah, yeah, no, you got it. Okay, you're yeah. giving me a look. <laughs> I'm just thinking about... <laughs> Where that stat? Do you think they probably didn't even count them back then? They didn't then. count. They just put them in a pile, set them on fire. Who oh cares boy. about people? <laughs> this is content you would not be happy to listen to. Uh, yeah, that's probably what happened. But there's a so people know what we're talking about. There is a, an infant essentially in the lap of. There's a lap infant, but in a car. Okay. Yeah, the mom is in the front passenger seat and she's holding a baby on her lap as they go the four of them the mother father baby and young billy billy and little ricky yep and they're going to visit their grandfather who's in a mental institution yes it's called utah mental facility yes the sign there's so many good signs in this movie just so helpful that every building has a giant sign to tell you exactly what the building is that is super helpful the na- the very nature of science this movie cuts to the very core and essence of signage uh, um, at utah mental facility where we finally reveal that we are in utah and that this is indeed a mental facility and so we need to watch out for a mental patient oh this is interesting i didn't put this together until i was looking up all the people in this movie but young billy who played billy at this age at age five he didn't do much in his acting career, but he did voice a few animated movies, but they're all like Mormon stuff. So I wonder if these people are all just Mormon. Oh, this is just a religious production. Yeah. Doesn't explain the boobs and the killing. I'll uh, get to the bottom of this. <laughs> any Mormon listeners out there, if you have any insights, give us a shout. Yeah, that car the car seater lack thereof was crazy. That that it didn't occur to anyone is what's crazy to me. There wasn't even some, you know, misguided attempt at safety is what I also find strange. That you when wouldn't was be the like, automobile invented, Josh? Uh, I'm going to actually probably say late 1800s, early 1900s. So like almost a decade before we were like, let's actually maybe keep ourselves from flying out of the car in the event of an accident. 
the thing is, that's not what happens in this movie. Um, a something decade? You mean a Sorry, a century. It's <sighs> like 11 o'clock. It's um, too late to be podcasting, that's for sure. Well, we're trying. We've, you know, we've missed some weeks. Life has been cuckoo. And here we are. We're doing what we can. As are a, all a of you. A decade, and by decade, I mean 10 decades. That's right. A decade, decade. That's what I said. <laughs> yep. I remember you saying that. <laughs> anyway, that's not what happens in this movie. Something far worse. Um, but yeah, the car seat, lack thereof. Ugh, that was chilling. That was probably the scariest part of the movie. The car seat. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the grandfather is who we hear. You heard at the clip at the top of the show who says that Christmas Eve is the scariest time of the year. Yeah, they go to visit the grandfather and he's sitting there slack jawed and um, they try to have a conversation with him. doesn't work. And then the mom and dad. He's like a vegetable as far as everyone knows. Yeah. And and then they they leave with the baby and they leave little Billy there to do what? I don't know. I don't remember. Filling out papers or something? No. Well, no. I mean, I know who cares what they're doing, but why did they leave Billy there? Nobody knows. Just to like keep grandpa company, keep your like. It's like you stay here with him. It wasn't even to keep him company. It was just like, eh, you're fine here. Yeah. Then like, to go change the baby's diaper. He had to go do, I don't know, some <laughs> weird bogus thing. The point is they left their five-year-old alone with this man who is in a mental facility. Right. Is a vegetable, but who knows? I guess, again, style of the times, but... Is he the only what? patient in the Utah mental <laughs> facility? Well, I think they had, like, brought him out to the... Right. To the round. That's right. Why? But why would to they do visit. that? To visit. Just to visit. As the only patient in the facility with a visitor? Potentially. I mean... But so, the granddad does start talking. And oh, he yes, says he some really creepy shit to Billy about Santa. And how Santa is going to punish you if you are naughty, which is actually not true. He only rewards you if you are good. But this is what he says. He comes out of his stupor very pointedly, very excitedly, very creepily, tells Billy all this stuff about Santa. Which is also, again, never explained. The idea is, I mean, this is all very terrestrial stuff where you would think there would be some supernatural elements going, you know, creating this environment or anything else, driving the grandfather to say this stuff, whatever it might be. You're scared, ain't you? You should be. Christmas Eve is the scariest damn night of the year. I'd be scared too, if I was you. You know what happens Christmas Eve? Santa Claus. He brings presents to all good boys and girls. <laughs> Your daddy told you that, didn't he? Well, I tell you something. Santa Claus only brings presents to them that's been good all year. To the ones that ain't done nothing naughty. Naughty. All the other ones. All the naughty ones. He punishes. 
forget about you, boy. You've been good all year? You... see Santa Claus tonight? You better run, boy. You better run for your life. Time to go home, Billy. Threw it to nothing, and he just says it, traumatizes this kid. And, well, I mean, I guess it is in that, like, he says, like, if you see him, you better run the other way. And they pick up a stop for what they think is a broken down mall Santa who ends up killing the family. But maybe he's trying to protect him. It should have said something to the parents, I guess. It just <laughs> It was creepy though, and I thought being that we were this was pretty early on in the movie, I thought, oh, this is kind of creepy and weird. Yeah. This yeah, might yeah. be a fun movie. Yeah. It wasn't. No. Um but, but this is sort of a where are the parents moment. Absolutely. I always try to think about what I would do in this situation. And I remember when my grandmother was in just an you know, an assisted living facility and she had dementia and you know could kind of sometimes be inappropriate but um generally harmless but the whole place really freaked me out just you know it was a really nice place but no matter what it's a lot of older people that have a lot of health problems and I just remember thinking, I think I was pregnant with Wu at the time. And I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. This is not, this is not helpful to me. And I'm definitely not bringing my kids here because my sister had brought her kids with her and they were doing great, but it was a lot. It's pretty intense. And I just said, because she has dementia and we're not there all the time, like I would go like once a year. Right. I was just like. I'm just going to stop. Can't do this anymore. Yeah. You'd have to make a very pointed decision to go there in the first place being so far away. So the idea of that, like why makes a child into that when they don't have a relationship on the phone, they don't see each other even at the occasional gathering or if everyone goes over on a holiday or something like that. Right. It's very easy to just separate, pull the plug. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And she is dead now. Love you, Bachi. Rest in peace. Um, but I just can't imagine leaving, you know, a child alone with a person in that state. And I think it's going to be easy to say, don't do that. It's also a health facility. There's all kinds of equipment, medicine, things like that around that a young child should not be around. So everything about it is a mistake, especially the way the mom responds when later Billy says, uh, you know, grandpa talked to me and blah, blah, blah. She just says, grandpa's nothing but a crazy old fool. No, I thought that the mom believed him and the dad didn't. Well, doesn't she still said grandpa's nothing but a crazy old fool. That to me is the problematic thing. And not so much about believing the kid. We've talked about that before, but the fact that her response to it wasn't disbelief, but was instead, he's a crazy old fool. 
everything that's, about that is that's just disrespecting your elders completely disrespectful mm-hmm. and and it's and completely othering to someone who doesn't have control of any of those any of those things true whether they're true or not they're all completely demeaning it's crazy mm-hmm. now does she deserve to die um no she doesn't a, a santa shortly thereafter kills her and <laughs> it's a terrible scene where they're driving home they think they see a broken down motorist dressed up as santa it's in fact a a maniac a maniac santa and <laughs> a better movie maniac santa send me to that he kills them in short it's just a terrible thing to witness and little billy sees it from the bushes he hides and then he and little ricky thank god they survive they get sent to the orphanage yeah i saw this movie written up as being controversial from when we when we were trying to select a movie and i thought that maybe that's where the controversy controversy would strike is that they you know killed the infant or something Ugh. they did not do that no no yeah there's a lot of stuff that goes down at the orphanage that's pretty controversial yeah that's true child abuse mm-hmm. so much child abuse this poor kid but it would be a waste of time to talk more about all the stuff that happens to billy as he gets older his parents are gone and he's an orphan they're dead <laughs> his parents are gone and he's you know he's on a path to becoming a maniac santa himself which he fulfills and <laughs> wish we could tell billy that masks don't heal wounds wounds need air mm. but it's too late for that that line was in this movie though wasn't it no it was watching i know <laughs> <laughs> i wish it was in this movie so let's talk about santa because that's what this movie is all about and that is what the parenting thing i mean it's such a big parenting thing to talk about yeah i mean within i don't know three minutes of the movie someone says it's naughty to stay up past your bedtime and immediately i wrote down a note about we've got to talk about this subject of naughtiness right right that's literally all this movie is about i thought i was being so fucking clever and insightful (laughs) noting that not in the slightest. No, it was he just ham fisted. Yeah, he just gets fixated on naughty things. Lots of it is sex, and he kills anybody who's naughty. Yep. Um, naughty man. I don't like the word naughty. No, it's a gross word. It's an icky. It's a pervy word. It's pervy. It's um. It's a tricky. It's a tricky word. It is. <laughs> and I've never said that word to woo or boo. Really. In reference to anything that they are doing. No. Like. Not even close. No. Yeah. It's so weird. It's not in the lexicon. <laughs> and it shouldn't be. I, yeah. I mean. And so. They, fortunately, they've never asked about it either. Even through this Yuletide season. Yeah. I mean, we we don't use Santa as leverage. No. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't do a lot of bargaining in general. We definitely try to avoid that. There are situations where it can certainly be difficult but that's all that is you know the idea of behave or else is a bargaining chip yeah and i know some people use it all throughout the year oh you use santa specifically Keep, all throughout the year keeping christmas with you all through the year is really just threatening <laughs> threatening presence and right it's not about keeping 
the feelings of joy and peace no. and togetherness in right. your heart all year round. Right. It's about the nanny state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we have talked a lot before kids and throughout about what we w- will do about Santa. And well, I read a great Janet Lansbury blog post that I will post to our Facebook about the many ways to do Santa. Hey, Hell yeah. <laughs> the Karma Sutra of Santa. Janet. By Janet Lansbury. Um, and also some posts on Alpha Mom. I feel pretty good about what we've been kind of doing loosely, although I feel like next year it might get, you know, it, it's just going to be like more and more the next couple of years. Right, as far more as questions. Like, yeah, more questions. Um, but kind of like just telling a story, keeping it really magical, and not getting too obsessed with the presence part. I mean, Wu is very obsessed with the presence part right now. Right. Um, but yeah, I feel pretty good about like not like lying, quote unquote, right. to him. Talk more about that. We haven't really talked about it this holiday season. Yeah, it's not like trying to make him believe in Santa. Right. It's more like this is a magical thing that is a story like other stories. Right. And there's enough make-believe in his life that it doesn't feel disingenuous at all. Like I always thought, God, this is going to be so hard to like not lie to him about this stuff. Like it's, it's, it felt very black and white, but now that we're in it, it feels very like just kind of an extension of how we parent, Mm -hmm. you know, like, because you can imbue this, fantastical creature with your own parenting style it doesn't have to be yeah because right because even like our these ideas of naughtiness and stuff that are about what this santa is about is are all rooted in like these songs and stories and stuff that were like published in the 1950s Mm. which is a different parenting style right doesn't have anything to do with like respect (laughs) with respect or it doesn't have anything to do with like with saint nicholas Right? No. It doesn't have anything to do with any of that stuff. Or Chris Kringle. <laughs> or Krampus. Or Krampus. Well, so we're saving that one for next Christmas season. FYI, yeah. a lot of people have been ask, asking if we're going to do Krampus. I said, how dare you? We have to do the Christmas classic, Silent Night, Deadly yeah, Night. everyone knows. But yeah, that's for next year. It's a great movie. Now, almost just as big at this point to the modern children is the Elf on the Shelf phenomenon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, because I mean, what, it's it's from the last 10, 15 years, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's say 15, gosh. I think that's, I think that's right. Yeah, it goes hand in hand with Pinterest, really. Weird. I wonder if there would even be an elf on the shelf, <gasps> if or not Pinterest. Oh, if people stopped pinning, would the elf on the shelf <laughs> lose its magic? <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> um Well, I always used to like the idea of Elf on the Shelf because my sister would do it for her kids. She still does it. She's, it's hilarious. It's a hilarious little thing to post about. Yeah. Until I learned what it was. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was like, I can't wait to do that with my kids. And I just feel like it's a Santa cam. It's a little creepy. I think there are ways to do it without it being so... Like she doesn't do it so much as like he's watching you and making sure you're not naughty, but that is what it is in the book. That's right. It's supposed. It is supposed to be an agent of Santa who is spying on your children. Yeah. Between like Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve or something. 
Yeah, the at least judging by your sister's posts, it always seems much more... In Just a, like the thing you find in the morning. Exactly. The elf has changed positions. In my family on Christmas mornings growing up, my dad would always hide the baby Jesus from our creche set somewhere in the house and would leave clues that were usually Bible verses in different places all over the house. And they would end with the baby Jesus and like uh, some kind of family gift, which was usually like an outing or something like that. Or in like one time it was a foosball table or something, you know? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that was sick. Wow, la um, hmm. But Didn't know you you're know. such a braggart, Josh. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I, I'm, I'm all into that. I like a little bit of whimsy. Oh, love whimsy. That's the thing. We love whimsy. Yeah, we're very pro whimsy, but I, there's a great... We already have an Alexa. We don't need an elf on the shelf, you know? Yeah, there is an article from Psychology Today, which I felt was like a good... Because there's plenty of like criticism about elf on the shelf out there from Facebook to us right now to like the Washington Post or I'm sure the Huffington Post. All of the posts have posted their posts. posts. And a psychology post serial has posted post. Oh, that Mary Post for post serial. <laughs> Here's my first post. This article that just it isn't just being like that whole thing of like it's an anti cam blah blah blah, but saying like the issues is are these central things that it is a lie that's deceptive to your children to say this elf is watching you, and also like that your your children do trust and rely on you to give accurate information about how the world works and that kind of thing, which gets to your point about approaching kind of the Santa story in general, respecting the truth. And so they can continue. It seems so heavy because I think we all grew up with, when did you stop believing in Santa? I literally have no idea. I don't think it was a big deal. It was never a thing. It was never like a thing that they propagated the whole, my whole childhood. I could just not remember when, because at the time I think that I would have started wising up mm-hmm. is like when my parents got separated and it just, that whole time in my life is such kind of like a haze of like disbelief of just, yeah. Like it was, you know, it's earth shattering. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember caring at all about it. About Santa real or fake. Yeah. It wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it ever being a thing. How about you? I feel like I was probably close. I held on as long as possible. I wanted it to be so real so badly that I think I mean, it was probably like nine or 10 before I was officially just like the jig is up. I, you know, there's no possible way this is real, <laughs> right. but uh, it'd be cool if it was. So kind of like reveal yourself, Santa, <laughs> show up. Um, that's a thing that. I'll share the psychology today thing, but he talks about in here too, that like stories is collected from children that come to doubt God's existence after learning the truth about Santa. This is a quote says, if mom and dad are lying about Santa, they're probably lying about God too. It's very similar to a God story. You know, like it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it is. Because you're like, hope, sort of you're like wishing for things, and you're this omnipotence. You're hoping it sort of solves problems, or I mean, literal wish fulfillment, and hoping that like, yeah, there'll be a miracle. That Christmas should then be a time of miracles, which inherently does sets you up for big time failure. Not to mention the old white man with a beard. Yeah, that's true. We're beginning to connect the dots here on Mummy and Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> you should see this whiteboard we've got going. <laughs> Uh, uh, it yeah i feel like there's a way there are many ways to do it that are not harmful to your kids and not ending in 
loss, you know? Right. I think there are. And the Janet Lansbury um, blog post that I will share back from 2010, might I add. It's great. And there are a lot of great ideas in there. Because I like the idea of keeping that magic and keeping that whimsy about it because I like that. I like, I even like the leaving out cookies and all that stuff, but I never know. It's hard, so hard to say how far to take it, but I'm also reminded too of just really how young our children are and how like it's We haven't possi- even hit it yet. No, exactly. Like there's a long way to go before. Um, I'm glad we haven't tried to like shoehorn it in there, kind of mm-hmm. like dump it on, voice it upon them. But I'm, I, yeah, it's, it's nice to know. It's a little comforting to think like, okay, we've got a little time here to sort of figure it out. I'd love, I would sincerely love to hear from listeners about this, how, how you handle Santa with your kids, how old your kids are. And I especially feel like any places where it's kind of come home to roost, where maybe you wish you'd handled it differently than you have right. or, um, or your own terrible or wonderful experiences. I'd with love Santa. to hear a wonderful one. Yeah. Hit us. Or terrible ones. <laughs> 818-839-1991 or find us on the social media. We'll try it. Maybe we'll uh, we'll do a post. All this posting has got me wanting to do a post about asking people for their stories. Oh, and the thing about growing up in Los Angeles, a lot of these articles talk about like not ruining it for other kids, whether it be Santa or Elf on the Shelf and like how you have to kind of teach your kids how to deal with other kids in this respect. Like you have to kind of lay down the rules of like, don't spoil it for them because that was definitely a thing. I just, you know, I remember that being a thing when I was a kid, but it's because I went to Catholic school with like a lot of people who were doing the same traditions I was doing at home. And Santa is kind of pervasive. Lots of families do it no matter what religion they are. But I think that, I mean, I would love to hear listeners take on this who have kids who are a little older than ours. Is it still such a pervasive thing? Like, do you have to deal with the fallout of like, if your kid doesn't believe it or doesn't or knows it's not real, you know, or is diversity of religions and ethnicities does that help you know because mm. i think yep yeah we definitely had some monoculture <laughs> growing up yeah for sure and then it was a bigger deal when there was one kid who like would be say like yeah santa's not real that's ridiculous you know and all right to like a, a bunch of six-year-olds yeah now i'm thinking that there are actually a lot of latinx people in our neighborhood Oh, yeah. Like, there's plenty of Christians around. We even have a bunch of missionaries in an apartment building across the street from us. But then we also have those Jehovah's Witnesses Yeah, that oh, yeah, around. that's true. Oh, and don't forget, there's also a, uh, a, a squat that's full of anarchist uh, atheists who, um, <laughs> they fight. <laughs> We're just waiting for them to all take each other out. Well, speaking of Christmas traditions, I'd like to offer up our scary good stuff. Mm, this is a scary one and a good one. Which... And stuff. And spritz. Um, It's a cookie press that we use every year to make spritz cookies. It's easy for kids to do. I did it when I was a kid. If it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you. (laughs) You can, they can decorate the cookies. They're little butter cookies and they're great. They're delicious and it's fun for the whole family. We, we had a situation a few years ago that was it last year, Mm. the cookie press think it was two years ago that would make sense where we were trying to make spritz cookies and the cookie press broke yeah you can get a 
shitty but functional one from a Michaels, usually on clearance for like four dollars. Yeah, that's just a fact. We'll recommend a slightly better version that will hold up for at least two years. Yeah, going um, on three. Yeah, but yeah, we it broke. We had everything ready, and it was our first experience with Amazon Now, and it was terrifying. I think our only one, yeah. Um, my only one, famously. <laughs> I love that note. The note of uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, of doubt. So I'll post that. I'll post the link to the cookie press and a good recipe. Easy peasy. Really fun for kids to decorate those cookies. Yeah. They have a blast. And it makes about a billion cookies. It's very fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll post a link to that. And we we wish you Mary Spritzley. The point is we got a cookie press off Amazon now in like under 30 minutes for a pretty nominal upcharge. The whole thing costs like $30 whole experience, which is like, and it's whatever, a few days before Christmas where the last thing you'd want to do, you'd gladly pay someone else $25 to go like to Target or something yeah. for you or go stand in that hideous line at Michael's. Oh, God. Is there anything worse than that line? And it's not just our Michael's. It's every Michael's. They see more. Probably Joanne Fabrics. I'm just going to go How out. How dare you? <laughs> not in this house. <laughs> uh, but we live right by an Amazon fulfillment center. It's not totally insane, but it felt insane. Yeah. And I think of it Fondly. in a way that... Billy's grandfather might think of his whole life. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> uh, I feel like we're there. We need to do a little kids are creepy. All right. Oh, there's a there's a short but very sweet and spooky one that I have for you. And it features young Boo. Boo. So uh, Boo and I were in the bathroom and he was on his little my partner stairs or whatever they were. Yes. Whatever was scary. Good stuff. Uh, last episode. Go check thousand, it out. Thousand years ago. Um, and he was like, Mommy, I want the bones. I want the bones. Give me the bones. And he sunk his tiny fingernails deep into mommy's chest and pulled and pulled until the bones were his. Got my ribcage. Mm -hmm. No, he was pointing at Q tips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I gave him a adorable. couple bones. <laughs> And then he said, put the bones away. Oh. We put the bones away. Amazing. I can't correct him. I I won't do it. Never. Why? And why with a branded response anyway? No. He's at that stage where he's like, what's that called? What's that called? He wants to know the word for everything. Mm -hmm. So I just lie to him. Bones. Call him made up words. Yeah. I'm going to tell him spooky words just to keep this segment going for yep. as long as possible. <laughs> hey, we need listener input here. We got to get those. The kids are creepy. All right. Submissions. Do it. Your Christmas tales, your Christmas list fails. of film schools, send it all to us. <laughs> uh, we are so excited for 2020. It's going to be the year of Mummy and Daddy. It truly will be. Let us know how this episode sounds. We're recording it on a, some new hardware. New uh, hardware, but also in front of a space heater because it is deathly cold in our office. That's true. So sorry about that, but... Yeah, we had a little bit of a lull there, the holidays, just, you know, it's it's bananas. We're sorry we left you hanging, but we're going to be back full force 2020. I hope you guys and gals all have a wonderful holiday.
We do. End We're going to rate this movie? Decade. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Okay. We got to rate this movie. We do. How many pairs of polished black boots coming around the corner slowly <laughs> do you give this movie out of 25? I can't believe you didn't go with browless boobs when you're talking pears in this room. Oh my God, because they scarred me. They were so weird. They had like makeup all over them. It was the weirdest thing. And all kinds of strange makeup, eyeliner and stuff. So <laughs> not the creepy like intention that it, I don't think they meant to have. Okay. As far as pairs of polished black boots coming around the corner, what am I? Out of 25. Out of 25. Pairs. And this is about the movie? Yes. I don't know. Uh, 25 pairs so 50 total boots 13 shiny boots six and a half pair out of 25 that's higher than i thought this movie makes me want to go back and boost the scores of every other movie we've rated because this is a new low i didn't hate it as much as you did (laughs) it was so bad it wasn't because i was thinking it was going to be like a slasher movie and that's and it's fine to have like crazy nudity and you know yeah, totally. like gratuity is okay you know hooking a half-naked babysitter on the antlers yeah um that's fine it's all fine but it it just was really it did not hit the mark for me at all it really missed it i'm gonna give it like a boot a shoelace i hated it well um <laughs> how many let's talk about these kids then Okay, and it's really just, it's Billy at different ages and little Ricky at different ages. Little Ricky the baby was cute, but he was definitely a doll in most scenes. And I, you know, whatever, yes. it's fine. It's fine. I get it. You, you, you're strapped for cash. Budget won't permit you to have a real baby on set for very long. But I don't think we should count little Ricky in our rating. I think it's just about little Billy. Okay, well, let's talk about little Billy and the supporting cast of Orphans. How many Jabba the Hutt action play sets would you give <laughs> the children of this movie on Christmas morn out of eight? It's really just not their fault. And he did an okay job. I'll give him three. Okay. That's all I can afford. How about you? The orphans all seem like dunces. Um, I liked him in the beginning. Uh, I'll go... I'm going to go two. Oh. I didn't like the, yeah. No. Actually, no, no, no. Wait. He was even good in the corporal punishment scenes and in the school. It was believable. It was sad. It was, it was sad. You go four. It was an even mediocre performance. So there's no point in doing a where are they now? And I kind of already talked about the director, but I will say I know and have worked with many times the camera camera operator on this film so i intend to ask him about it next time i see him i can't wait billy dixon asc i'm coming for you i can't wait to hear if he worked on the sequels (laughs) there's a easy way to find out but (laughs) i'll have to ask him listen men lie women lie imdb lies billy dixon don't (laughs) oh my god (laughs) <laughs> well everybody ed sutton billy dixon all our friends out there <laughs> to all of our mind springers we wish you a happy holiday 
and a lovely time with your fams. I wish you a spooky end of the decade and a creepy winter to all. How? 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 Don't be a creep. Get in touch. Email us, please. All those things we asked for. Santa. Um, mummyxdiddy at gmail.com Find us on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdiddy Instagram, mummyxdiddypod You know it And leave us a voicemail 818-839-1991 If you like what you hear Please leave us a rating and review On Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen They are very important Tell a friend Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg Maggie Spaulding is a baby Jesus hidden in my basement fridge with a note about a fun family outing. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh. Seven o'clock. It's over. Time to get shit-faced. <laughs>